CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this week's edition of Your Money and Your Life. Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast with Don and myself as we talk investing, finance, retirement. We are into mid-October here as we get this podcast rolling. Don Cash, my friend, what is going on? How are you? Mark, good. I mean, I you mentioned mid-October. I can't believe it. It seems like summer was so long ago, right? It's <laughs> yeah, like right. now it, it totally feels like fall. I mean, the leaves are changing colors and um, I think I mentioned you before, I'm turning on the heat at night in the house and the air conditioning in the day. It's a little bipolar, right? <laughs> it's that time of the year. That's for sure. Yeah. And then we have uh, Big Ten college football restarts next week. So that's fun. And, um, you know, I was watching the Giants play the Cowboys uh-huh. in Texas over the weekend. And I noticed there were a lot of people, a lot of fans actually in the stands watching the game. Yeah. Open and back up all over different different states, different rules, right? That's right. We talked about that last time. Yeah. Well, you know, they're allowing uh, fans during the, you know, it was the World Series uh, games in Texas, like you just mentioned. So, again, hopefully this is the sneak peek of things to come in 2021 in the wild world of sports and uh, maybe other things. We'll see. <laughs> we got a long way to go. That's for sure. And I, I'm almost scared to say certain things, Don, and jinx it because on the last show, we were talking about the upcoming election and the October surprises that we would probably see that no one can predict. And right after we did our last show was when uh, the president came down with coronavirus, right? Yeah. So, uh, and along with a whole bunch of other people. Uh, and so hindsight, we actually did a show not too long ago about hindsight 2020. So, you know, many would say that yeah, it's bound to happen, you know, because he goes out and, and does a lot of public events and so on and so forth and all that kind of stuff and even get shunned about it. So my question, I guess, is, is your crystal ball working? Has it got any kind of previews? Because we seem to maybe we were kind of on to something a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, that was just ironic, right? I mean, sorry, Mark, no crystal ball. Okay, uh, all right. No crystal ball working, but... Magic 8-ball, like, maybe? <laughs> what's that That's now? The magic 8-ball, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Magic I do, eight those ball. were great. Maybe I should get one of those. There but you go. Uh, no crystal balls, no magic 8-balls, but don't be surprised if more shockers pop up between now and November 3rd. Mm-hmm. We were talking uh, last time about uh, the other election year october surprises on the last show some some of those uh, years ago occurred only a few days right before the prior election right so we had uh, the hillary clinton email issue and uh, even years ago there was a george w bush had a drunk driving arrest uh, issue like 20 years ago when he ran against al gore so you know for anyone who's trying to get ahead of those issues uh, to plan their investments i've said over and over again right the if you're trying to plan this from the standpoint of uh, planning the stock market, the stock market reacts to news. Uh, the news is unpredictable. Therefore, the stock market's unpredictable, right? Yeah, boy, is that ever true. Uh, what's even weirder, if you look back at the past few weeks, we have what seems to be bad news. Well, pretty much all the time. <laughs> 2020 has certainly been that way anyway. But you got Trump COVID, you've got increasing in virus cases, no new stimulus happened, uh, unemployment benefits running out. Yet, the market's still kind of going up. Don continues to send these interesting mixed signals. Yeah, I mean, some markets all over the world are just way up. So, yeah. you know, the, the reality is that these markets often look past things that are in the news that most of us see. Um, people refer to as noise, you know, the kind of stuff that, that make headlines, but people who are 
attuned to the stock markets look past. So right now I'm looking on my desk at the Wall Street Journal and the article reads bank giants, JP Morgan and Citigroup beat pandemic forecasts. Hmm. So even the you know so-called experts that spend all of their time looking at the bank's performances and estimating what the earnings are going to be, they can't get it right. So uh, there's no crystal ball or magic eight ball for me, but apparently they're, they all seem to be broken for everyone else too. No, that's good. I guess uh, at least it's uniform across there. And you're definitely right about that. And a lot obviously can still happen in the next couple of weeks before November 3rd. And even after that point, obviously many say this election won't be decided for some time. As I mentioned, you and I will actually have a podcast coming out that week. So I'm sure we'll be talking about what happened on Tuesday when we ever, when we do our podcast. And you know, maybe it'll be into December, you know, with ballot counting and so on and so forth. Who knows? Uh, we have uh, one canceled debate as well already we've been talked about. So that I guess that's out of the uh, out of the picture now, originally scheduled for, well, I think it was this week or maybe next mm-hmm. week. I can't remember. Uh, and still another one set for the following. So we'll see. The drama continues. Yeah, actually, this week's debate um, was scheduled for Thursday, was canceled that's because right. mm-hmm. the White House team would not agree to uh, what they call a remote debate, right? I guess they don't want to do Zoom like uh, like we do. <laughs> We're doing it. Hey, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Works out great for us. That's right. But, uh, next week, it's back to the, the old-fashioned live in-person format. But, oh, okay. you know, Mark, <clears throat> what's funny, I was watching a video on YouTube of the 1960 presidential debate between John Kennedy and Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the third one in a series of five debates. And if you remember, that was the very first series of televised yep, it was. debates. So, I, I wasn't around yet, but I, I remember reading that it was the first one. Yeah. No, that was before I was born, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, would you believe that it was actually that third debate was actually a remote debate? Really? Yeah. I mean, I never knew that until I pulled it up when I was watching it. Uh, Nixon was in California, right? JFK was in New York huh. and the reporters asking the questions were, you know, somewhere else in some other location. And this was 1960, wow. right? So it was actually the, the very first, I guess you would call it a, a zoom debate <laughs> of sorts. And it, it went off the whole thing was an hour long. It went off really pretty much without a hitch. That's pretty interesting when you think about how, you know, some of the troubles sometimes that we have uh, with modern technology as it is. And this was in 1960 with three people in three different locations. So pretty cool. Uh, I tell you what, we should put a link to that debate up on the site. We'll we'll do that. We'll grab that and, and put that up if folks want to check that mm, out. For sure. So uh, hot off the press, the federal government just announced the uh, that the cost of living, Don, increased in, in Social Security benefits for next year. And that's going to be a kind of our topic we're going to cover the rest of the podcast will be 1.3%. Uh, but the Medicare Part B premium will increase to $153 next year, up about 8 bucks or so. My mom was actually just mentioning this to me the other day uh, as she's on there. What does this mean for the typical retiree and those planning for retirement? Yeah, I mean, this is something that comes up every time about this time of year. Uh, this increase of the 1.3% mark, it's been about the average over the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. There was a couple okay. of years with no increase at all. And, you know, some of them were uh, higher than that. You know, don't be surprised if next year, by the way, is much higher. I mean, if, if economic activity picks up sharply in uh, the year 2021. So last year, the increase was 2.8%. And ironically, was about the average 
over the entire past 40 years. We just happened to hit that number last year right on the nose, the 2.8%. But you know what? Many people are amazed, Mark, at the proportion of income Social Security represents even for those with substantial assets. You know, I regularly help people plan for what I call the optimal time to claim their Social Security benefits. You know, the youngest you can take your benefit is age 62, right? Right. Uh, and the longest you can wait is age 70. So you can't take it any older than that. I had a conference call, I guess it was a few weeks ago, with a client uh, with the Social Security Department, helping them to get the most of their benefits. And for these folks, uh, it was a husband and wife, their combined annual income just from Social Security was over $65,000 a year. Wow. So that's a, a big chunk of their monthly income, like I said, even for affluent people. But before we talk about this cost of living increase and what it means to those in retirement and planning uh, to retire, first, let's talk about what I call the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Uh, you must mean the going broke conversation that we all see and hear and read about. You got it. You hit the the nail on the head. I mean, that, that's the one thing that people almost always bring up to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, according to the Social Security's trustees report, actually, there is a Social Security trustees report, Mark. There's six trustees of the tro Social Security system that uh, no one ever heard of, but these are people <laughs> that produce a, a report every year. And uh, it states by the year 2035, there'll be only enough money to cover about 79% of the benefits. And years ago, people would get this uh, four or five page report mailed to them, and it would show them this information that the the uh, trustees report shows that the benefits kind of trailing off until the year 2035, where they can't pay all the benefits. So this worry leads a lot of people to make bad decisions, like pulling the trigger on benefits at the very earliest age possible, like 62. Now, if someone's working full-time, they really can't do it because there's an earnings penalty if they try to collect too early. But for those who aren't working any longer, often they do take those benefits at 62. And I always compel people to think about this carefully. If there's no solvency issues, right, until 15 more years from now, and if you're worried about a benefit cut, wouldn't you rather have a benefit cut at an income of $2,000 a month or $3,000 a month instead of $1,500 a month? Right. Now, you know, I really don't foresee that, by the way, and I'll tell you why later, but they say that 57%, more than half, of people take their benefits before mm -hmm. their full retirement age. Right now, that's age 66. And only about 3% wait to take the maximum benefit at age 70. And it's really often because of a, a lack of careful planning. People just listen to a friend or reflexively pull the trigger on the benefits early. And, you know, of course, with the, the problem with the Social Security system, Mark, is largely demographic. In 1960, during that JFK versus Nixon debate, there were five workers for every person receiving benefits. Now it's down to three workers, and by the next decade or so, it'll be two. So it boils down to a birth rate issue. There's 
too many older people and not enough kids. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, our friend COVID, or lack thereof, right, is only making problems worse. Like, I can only imagine that it is just expanding and expounding on that. No doubt about it. That's true. And, uh, you know, one of the things that the trustees suggested, and I'm sure that's going to be in the report coming up next year, but one of the things that they suggested to help make the program solvent it's basically three points, actually probably four when you add up the cost of living uh, mm-hmm. increase okay. uh, to the to the plan. The one thing that they talk about and the trustees have been talking about for a long time now is raising the retirement age to 70 or 72, right? Currently, it's at 66 and depending upon for when full, you're born. Right. Mm-hmm. If you were born after 1960, it's 67. So mm-hmm. that's one thing they're talking about bumping up that retirement age. The second is increasing the payroll tax. So if you're working for a company, you're taxed at 6.2% on the first 137,000 or so of income and your employer matches that. And next year it's going up to about $143,000 of income. If your income is above that point, Mark, you don't have to pay a social security tax. So it's what they call a cap. And they talked about another issue in that trustee report, removing that cap. Hmm. So if someone's a high income earner, they might be paying the whole 6.2% on all of their income, or they'll even talk about what they call a donut hole or a window where it stops at $137,000 of income and then picks up again if someone has, let's say, three or $400,000 of income. So there's a little gap there. But the one thing I see for sure, Mark, that they're going to try to change and fiddle around with is this inflation benefit, the COLA. That's the cost of living allowance. That's that 1.3% increase that you re- referenced earlier mm-hmm. that you get next year if you're retired. I mean, I guess that makes sense. And there's some good ideas in there. I saw something as well that said just eliminating the 62 early and just moving it to the full at 66 or 67 would add a lot back into the fund. So there's a lot of points that they can uh, pick up from. And I guess that probably makes the most sense because it's the least politically painful, I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just removing that or reducing that cost of living definitely is is uh, the least politically painful and you know just like the the state pensions and corporate pensions used to go up annually for inflation and that was the first thing on the chopping block for those pensions that i think for sure that they're they're going to be looking closely at this in the future and believe it or not there are are many consumer price indices that the government does track. Uh, there's a CPI slash W for workers and CPIU, that's urban, and CPIE for elderly that most people never even heard of. But what people get who are getting these Social Security bump-ups is the CPIU. It's just a measure that they use for what they call urban workers, and that's the Social Security increase. So again, the game that they're going to be playing is somehow reducing the inflation benefit at some point down the road. And you know, you could yourself go online and read the Social Security trustees report, if you like, or the Bureau of Labor Statistics report or the congressional hearings and 
the uh, subcommittee report and try to figure this out all yourself, but it's very complicated. Oh, I'm quite sure it probably is. And that's where good planning and working with an advisor comes into place uh, with all the calculators and tools and things that are at your disposal and just your team and just your knowledge uh, of Social Security experts. It just makes things a bit easier, one would assume. No, there's no doubt about it. That's right. I mean, I can't possibly do all of this myself, even with all the reading that I do. I have a great team that that knows even more about this stuff than I do. And, you know, our job is to help get people the most of what they've earned. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you feel even remotely guilty, by the way, about that, Mark, take a look at your lifetime earnings and the taxes on Social Security on your online statement. And it'll, it'll reduce any guilt that you might have about <laughs> maximizing your Social Security benefits. I mean, those are benefits that you truly have earned. Very true. Very true. Well, let's talk about how that would work for a person in retirement now. So for someone in retirement now, what we typically would do is just look at the law changes or proposals that might be coming down the pike that would affect Social Security and uh, your income, the inflation rate in the future, and factor that into uh, an action plan and take it into um, projected cash flows. And maybe that might mean more money should come from your IRA to pay for living expenses instead of Social Security in the future. Or maybe we should do some more Roth conversions now that we're still in the what I call the golden age of Social Security benefits and very low income tax rates. So for someone planning for retirement, perhaps they should take their Social Security at age 70 instead of age 66. It would result in a 32% increase in benefits. So for example, if the benefit would be $2,500 per month at age 66, it would be up to $3,300 a month at age 70. And if there were a cost of living change or a Medicare premium increase, the hit wouldn't feel as bad. You know, of course, there's a lot to consider here, like health and life expectancy, the need for income and many other issues. But keep in mind one big factor. Unlike people who get pensions from the state, like I have many clients who are teachers or retired police officers or firemen, Social Security is a federal benefit, not a state benefit. And the feds have a huge benefit that the state does not have. They can essentially print money, Mark, via the Federal Reserve System. That's right. As opposed to the state, where if you're getting a state benefit as a retirement benefit as a teacher or a police officer, the states cannot print money. They have to balance their budget every year. And it puts them in a very disadvantaged position. So the bottom line is that there will be changes. The most severe changes will definitely affect those under 50, like the retirement age of age 70 or 72 that we talked about, or the higher payroll tax, or the cost of living changes or elimination. Most people today face that issue of the cost of living change. There's just too much political pressure for any other substantial changes for anyone over age 50 or those who are really near or in retirement. So the bottom line is we need to keep on top of the law changes, the proposals, these trustee reports as we plan for the future. 
Well, and the key is planning, folks. So if you need some help, have a 15-minute phone call, an initial review with Don. Reach out to him at 800-664-1183. Uh, however you've come across this podcast, whether it was sent out to you or you found us on Apple or Google or Spotify or something like that, give him a call if you need some help with some SSI planning. Again, have that 15-minute conversation if you'd like. Uh, 800-664-1183 is how you reach out to him. And you should always do that before you take any action. You should always check with a qualified professional like Don Cash. He's a CPA and a CFP at Donald W. Cash and Associates. So again, 800-664-1183. And don't forget to subscribe to us if you haven't yet. Go to donaldcash.com or donaldcashpodcast.com, either one. And you can find us, uh, all the information is there. You can get a hold of him that way. You can also uh, hit us up on, as I said, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, so on and so forth. So make sure you reach out and do that. We'd certainly appreciate it. And we're going to finish off this week's show here on Your Money and Your Life with a little getting to know you that we do from time to time. Don, what's a habit that drives you crazy that some people might have? Oh boy, good question. You know, I'm just trying to think about that. In terms of the things that drive me crazy, I try to avoid as much as possible, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Things I hate is waiting in line, okay, Okay. uh, and traffic, which we don't have as much of as we used to, although that's starting to build back up. So um, those are the kind of things that drive me crazy, but they're not really habits that other people have. Okay, so, right. uh, yeah, like, there's not too many things that drive me crazy about other people's habits outside of my family. Uh-oh. But I guess right right now in the family, let's talk about that. Okay, uh, it's only between you and me, right? So exactly. The, yeah, my the kids aren't listening, but what drives me crazy in my house is used face coverings, face masks <laughs> that are left unmarked around the house. So you have no idea who they belong to. Uh-huh. Oh boy. I mean, it's something that drives me up a wall. It's kind of like what I call, I mentioned to my wife, it's a version of leaving these half consumed water bottles on the table. Right. And right. you don't know who they belong to, but yep. you, you know, you feel like, ah, gosh, I just have to dump this out and put it recycling. Could you at least put your name on the cap or write your initial <laughs> on the inside of the face covering? You know, I grew up the old fashioned way, right? These little things, they're petty, but you just hate to waste if you don't have to. Well, that's that's a pretty good one, especially in the time of COVID. Who would have thought that, right? You know, who would have thought that would be something that could get on your nerves? But yeah, if you've got a, a bunch of folks in the house, you know, labeling that that stuff could be quite important and a little funny as well. So there you go. Well, that's going to do it for this week on the podcast. As always, folks, thank you so much. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button uh, again on whatever platform you choose. There's so many out there. You can find it all at donaldcashpodcast.com. That's donaldcashpodcast.com podcast.com or call 800-664-1183 right here on your money in your life don my friend have yourself a good week uh the next good couple of weeks next time we chat uh we will have had an election but it will remain to be seen if we actually have a president Mm, indeed we will uh check in at that time and uh, until then be well be well exactly we'll see you next time here on your money and your life folks stay safe and sane we'll catch you later Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.